Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. Sanders Facts, it is. Hey y'all, what's happening? Welcome in to the Sanders Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. We are on episode 29 this week. 29 episodes into the Xander's Facts Podcast, the most factual podcast in the world. And thank you all for listening this week, Wednesday, August 18th. And remember, if you like the Xander's Facts Podcast and you want to support the Xander's Facts Podcast, then you can go click that follow button, go click that download button, go click that rate button, review it, and then go on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, follow, like, subscribe, whatever, at Xander's Facts, and then... Most importantly, if you don't do anything else today in your life, do this. Spread the facts. Tell all your friends, Xander's Facts Podcast, and tell all the strangers you know too. Xander's Facts Podcast. We got a ton to talk about today. No sports. All politics this week. Oh, everyone just loves politics. We've got a ton. Like COVID booster shots. You. Oh my gosh. Well, last Monday night, news came out that the Biden administration was preparing to recommend COVID booster shots for most Americans who have been fully vaccinated. Oh, another shot. Hooray. Well, they haven't announced it yet, but the administration is expected to announce this week that most individuals who have received the COVID vaccine will need booster shots eight months after being fully vaccinated. So, for example, your boy, Xander, got his second shot because he's a responsible person What in early May. So that would mean that I would need a booster shot in early January. Oh, well, that's okay. But some people got their shots back in December and January, and it's already starting to wear off. So they kind of need to get them. And right now, only Pfizer, there's the Pfizer, the Moderna, and the Johnson & Johnson shots, even though the Johnson Johnson only got one, so I don't even know about boosters for that one. But only Pfizer has filed an application with the FDA for the additional shots. And the administration of the booster shots wouldn't begin until mid to late September after Pfizer's application has been approved by the FDA. So you might have to get another COVID shot. Oh, no, because you got your COVID shots, right? Disrespectful! Xander's facts told you to do so, and if you didn't... Xander warned you! <sighs> but that's not what we're talking about. This week, we're going to talk about infrastructure, as I said last week, part three. Hopefully the final part. Because this has been dragging out for months now. Back in June, we were talking to you about the bipartisan infrastructure bill that they were doing. And they passed it last week. Hooray! We're going to talk about that. The $3.5 trillion budget plan is what they're talking about. That's what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to break it down. What you need to know. What is your buddy going towards? We're going to talk about all that. But first... Here it comes! We're going to talk about something very serious here on the Zeta's Facts Podcast. Because you haven't heard about infrastructure much in the news recently. Because something's going on in a country... That you might know called Afghanistan. Oh my gosh, Sandra, you're going to talk about Afghanistan? Deal with it. Just for a second. Hold on. I know, it's pretty crazy because right now there's a big situation going on. And you might have heard about it. Because a lot of people are whining. And a lot of people are whining about the wrong things. And Sandra's going to tell you what you should be whining about. Because 
Everybody loves whining. So. Dad, Xander's spreading lies. A few months ago, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, announced that all U.S. troops would leave Afghanistan by September, which is next month. And right now, there are U.S. troops leaving. However, while they're leaving, there's a group in Afghanistan that is called Taliban, if you haven't heard of them. They continue to gain ground in the country. And as of Monday, the Taliban have taken almost complete control of the country, Afghanistan. If they haven't already, they have captured Kabul, the capital, a bunch of major cities around the country. They pretty much rule it now. The U.S. Embassy in Kabul has been evacuated as all U.S. personnel have arrived at the airport. And apparently crazy things are going on at the airport because everybody wants to leave because no one likes Taliban. It's a fact. And in order to facilitate the safe evacuations of all U.S. personnel in Afghanistan while we're trying to get rid of the troops, we have to send 5,000 troops back temporarily in order to help speed up the process. They're being sent temporarily to get as many out of the country as possible in a quick amount of time. And there are other countries like our allies in France, Britain, Germany, Canada, that are also evacuating troops that they have near. NATO allies! And the U.S. said over the weekend that they hope to have all people evacuated by Wednesday out of the country, which is the day this podcast drops. So hopefully that happens. And on Monday, because over the weekend it got crazy, so on Monday... The president addressed the nation on the situation from the White House. Many people on both sides of the aisle grew concerned or ornery over the situation over the weekend. So the president announced he would address the nation on Monday afternoon because a lot of people are not happy with Joe Biden because of what he's doing. We're going to talk about that. Hold on. The president, in his speech, defended his decision to withdraw troops from Afghanistan while acknowledging that the situation unfolded much more quickly than what was anticipated by him and his advisors. He also laid blame on the Afghans, saying, quote, Afghanistan's political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed, some without trying to fight. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforced that adding U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision, unquote. Adding, quote, American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves, unquote. The American people actually agree with the president. Well, imagine that. Recent polls show that around 70% of the American people want all troops withdrawn from Afghanistan. 70% includes Democrats and Republicans. Of course, you wouldn't know that by looking at the media coverage over the last few days. I mean, oh my gosh. It's not just... It's not just Fox anymore. It's CNN. Oh my gosh, can you believe what Joe Biden did? I mean, they will not chill. How about that? And let me tell you why. Rightfully, he is being blamed for the messy withdrawal. There is some blame to go around and how it has unfolded because it's been a bit of a mess. However, let's not forget how we got here because I don't think Joe Biden was president when we invaded Afghanistan. Really? It was the year 2001 before even your boy Xander was alive. Can you believe that? In 2001, the United States after 9-11, which was not good. That's a fact. The United States invaded Taliban occupied Afghanistan in hopes of denying Al-Qaeda a foothold in the country. Remember it was Al-Qaeda who did 9-11. Huh. It was not the Taliban. However, the United States did not want 
Al-Qaeda to have friends in the Taliban in Afghanistan. So, what did George Bush do, who was president at the time? W. He invaded Afghanistan. And then he invaded Iraq for some reason, because there were weapons of mass destruction, apparently. Apparently there weren't! Ten years later, Osama bin Laden was killed in Pakistan. Oh, Barack Obama was the president then. And the U.S. still remained in Afghanistan. Osama bin Laden was the leader of Al-Qaeda. Spitting the truth. Barack Obama campaigned on getting out of Afghanistan. He actually did that before, back in the 2008 election. And after 2011, the number of troops in Afghanistan actually did decrease by a lot, dramatically. However, we still had a bunch in there. And last year, Donnie Boy, oh, we're going to talk about Donnie Boy. Oh, His administration actually signed an agreement to withdraw all U.S. and NATO troops by May 1st, 2021. Who did they sign this agreement with? Well, it was the Taliban. And in that group deal, the U.S. agreed to release 5,000 Taliban prisoners. Uh-oh. 5,000 members of the Taliban who were in prison that they let go. Apparently, Donnie Boy said, uh, Well, we've got to get our troops out of there. We should just let them have other prisoners, too. Apparently, that's what happened, including some of those people who now lead the Taliban. So that wasn't good either. And it was not Joe Biden who started this full-on withdrawal. It was Donnie Boy, just to let you know. However, back a couple months ago when Donnie Boy was saying, we got to get our troops out here faster, when he was not president, and now you can't find that on the interweb because they deleted it. The Republican Party on their website deleted the party of, part of their platform that said they wanted to get out of Afghanistan because they don't want you to think it was them. Even though... A lot of the blame should go to them. So now, the Afghan government that the U.S. has propped up for 20 years has collapsed. Whoops. And a lot of that is because the Afghan army has basically collapsed. So while Biden does deserve some of the blame, I'll say that because I'm not the Biden sympathizer. You think I am. Zaders Facts has his own opinions. Whoa. It shouldn't all fall on him. He was left with what the last president had agreed to with the Taliban. He wanted to get all troops out by May 1st. This president extended it until September. But now the Republicans don't want you to think that Donnie Boyd did that because this has got been a disaster. The fact is, whoever did this, whether it was Bush, Obama, or Donnie Boy, or Joe Biden, whoever did this, it would have been a disaster. Anyway, this probably would have happened under any president. But because it happened under Biden... Oh my gosh, can you believe what he did? This is terrible, he should be impeached. Some people have actually said that. I won't name names, but Rick Scott. What do you say? And of course, there's Donnie Boy, who brokered the deal, which has now led us into disaster. And now, because it probably wouldn't have been this bad if we, they hadn't released 5,000 Taliban prisoners. But also, let's not forget the president who at the time was president, who got us into all this mess. Ya boy, Bush, 43, who ended his second term as one of the most unpopular presidents of all time. Just to let you know. The truth lies here. Because they invaded Afghanistan for some reason. Al-Qaeda wasn't even, even in Afghanistan. I wasn't even alive at the time. Then they invaded Iraq, apparently. And Al-Qaeda is not there either. Uh, just because there are weapons of mass destruction. Apparently... There weren't. So in the end, whoever was president when the withdrawal occurred was going to be blamed. The president said in his speech on Monday, 
I'm not going to pass this war on to a fifth president. He took responsibility. Unlike what you would see from the previous president, I had nothing to do with this. Not my fault. I mean, the reason the Taliban took over more quickly than anticipated was because of the collapse of the Afghan army. As I said, basically due to choice. The Taliban was cutting deals with the Afghan army, too. They were just like, oh, here you go. They just kept going. Adding on, the president of Afghanistan fled the country on Sunday night. So there you go. So when you look deeper into the crisis, it gets harder and harder to lay more and more of the blame on the current president. Instead, we see how past actions and deals from our former leaders have all built up to this current moment. It's easy. It's easy to just lay the blame on President Biden. It's your fault. But the truth and the facts require a lot more digging. Xander digs for the info. You're welcome. Xander's facts. So now don't go out to your friends and say, can you believe Joe Biden did this? Actually say, did you know that uh, it was not Joe Biden who got us into Afghanistan in the first place, and it's been 20 years under four presidents that the last president actually released 5,000 Taliban sol- soldiers out of prison? Whoa. Now you can tell your friends, oh, I learned that on Xander's facts. Well, there you go. Now you're all caught up with the Afghanistan situation. Not all of it, but that was still. Because that's been in the news a lot recently. So I thought I should address that. And the misconceptions that are going around. Because even in the media, even places like CNN and NBC and all those on Monday. Oh my gosh, can you believe what Joe Biden did? It's like, seriously, enough! Because they miss Donnie Boy, they miss the craziness, and so they want to get the ratings. Stinger! Yellow jacket. That's not our full topic this week. Our big topic is infrastructure, as I said, and in a segue, for those complaining about the cost of these infrastructure bills, because a lot of people are, and that's really the main thing, because a lot of people like infrastructure, but a lot of people don't like spending money, the Afghanistan war cost the United States $2.2 trillion over 20 years. Yikes! Last week, in infrastructure, as I said, the Senate passed the $1 trillion infrastructure bill, while approving the framework of the $3.5 trillion budget plan. On Tuesday of last week, the Senate passed the infrastructure bill in a 69-30 to vote. 19 Republicans voted for it, along with all 50 Democrats, and the bill now goes to the House, which the House is coming back from its August recess early next week to take up the bill. We actually talked about what was in the infrastructure bill, if you remember on Xander's Facts a couple weeks ago, episode 22. If you missed it back on June 30th, go listen if you don't know what's in the infrastructure bill because we broke it all down. And then on Wednesday morning last week, the Senate passed the framework for the $3.5 trillion budget plan in a 50-50 vote. 50 Democrats voted for it, the others bleh, with the vice president breaking the tie. The vote However, it does not pass the bill. It only begins debate on the bill, meaning its details could still change and probably will. Too many facts. Especially given the skepticism from moderates and the Democratic Party. You know, the usual subjects. Just, we're not going to talk about them right now. One issue is that the House is not expected to vote on the infrastructure bill until the reconciliation bill has passed the Senate in order to assure passage of both. That's what the Speaker of the House has repeatedly said, even though moderates in the House are like, we need to get this infrastructure bill done. Well, then 
Democrats in the House are scared that those people then won't vote for the other bill. So that's why they're putting them in tandem. Two tracks, which is kind of risky, but they're going for it. Too bad. Another is the amount. As I said, the usual subjects have expressed concerns at the amount of the bill and how it would be paid for. Since the bill will be passed through the reconciliation process, Democrats need all 50 of their senators to pass the bill, and that's it. They don't need any Republicans for this upcoming bill. And last Monday, Democrats sent out a framework for the budget resolution that outlines how much each Senate committee receives out of the $3.5 trillion to spend. So this bill is called the Fiscal Year 2022 Budget Resolution. So what exactly is in it? It is separated by Senate committee on that committee that deals with this stuff. Let's do a deep dive. Sanders facts. Let's talk about this budget resolution. So here we go. First off, the committee, the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, the Health Committee, they will receive $726 billion from this bill. That will be used for universal pre-K for three and four-year-olds. Pre-K is pretty good. Sanders facts. Sanders facts. Child care for working families. Tuition-free community college. <gasps> How could you? Investments in HBCUs, minority-serving institutions, Hispanic-serving institutions, and tribal colleges and universities. Increasing the maximum Pell Grant award. Investing in school infrastructure, student success grants, and educator investments. Because a bunch of schools are decrepit and old in this country. And they're not probably safe buildings either. So invest in school infrastructure. Invest in primary care including community health centers, the National Health Service Corps, and teaching health center graduate medical education. Health equity, including maternal, behavioral, and racial equity. Pandemic preparedness for the next one. Remember, it was a former president, not the last one, who warned us all about a pandemic that might happen. And then the next president threw the playbook out. Remember that? Pandemic preparedness. Obama warned you. Workforce development and job training, labor enforcement and penalties, and civilian climate corps funding. That's for health, education, and labor. $726 billion will go towards all that. And the biggest ones are especially tuition-free community college, which they've already started in a bunch of states like California, and universal pre-K for three- and four-year-olds because studies have shown that putting your little kids in pre-K helps them for elementary school. Who? There you go. Sanders facts. The next committee is the banking committee. That will receive $332 billion. This is going to be used for the creation and preservation of affordable housing by making investments in programs like the Housing Trust Fund, Home, the Capital Magnet Fund, and Rural Housing. The, I wanted to talk about the census, but we didn't have time on this podcast. The census came out last week with all their crazy new stuff about where people live, what the racial breakdowns are, and a lot of people are moving away from rural areas into the cities and suburbs because rural areas just don't have the things like jobs that cities do. So you might want to invest in rural areas. Another one, improve housing affordability and equity by providing down payment assistance rental assistance, and other homeownership initiatives, community investment, development, and revitalization through initiatives like community land trusts, investments in the community development block grants, zoning, land use, and transit improvements, and creating healthy and sustainable housing. What? The Energy Committee 
would get $198 billion. This would be used for clean electricity payment program. For clean electricity, like we talking about renewables, solar, wind, hydro, geothermal, all those which don't put fumes in the air. Because we talked about last week how bad the climate's going to get. Sanders facts. If you didn't hear about that, go back to last week, that UN report, because that was some pretty big stuff. That's a big fact. Also, consumer rebates to weatherize and electrify homes. It'll be cheaper for the consumer to put green energy into their homes. Financing for domestic manufacturing of clean energy and auto supply chain technologies and federal procurement of energy efficient materials. A lot of green stuff in there. So the Agriculture Committee is going to get $135 billion. This is going to be used for agriculture conservation, drought and forestry programs to help reduce carbon emissions and prevent wildfires, because that's a big thing that's going on in the West, like we talked about last week. Wildfires. Also, rural development and rural co-op clean energy investments, agricultural climate research and research infrastructure, child nutrition, and debt relief. Slow down there. The Judiciary Committee gets $107 billion. This is going to be used for lawful, permanent status for qualified immigrants. What are you talking about? DACA. I'm just saying the dreamers. Another thing with the Afghanistan thing, sorry to pivot, but a lot of the Republicans are watching the videos at the um, Afghanistan airports right now where they'll be like, oh my gosh, can you believe this poor people? And then they figure out where the airplanes are going to. And, of course, they're going to this country. And they're like, oh, we don't want those evil people. So, you know, because they don't like refugees. Quit your whining. As I said for the Judiciary Committee, they also get investments in smart and effective border security measures. Border security, that's what they've been whining about. Apparently, Fox News thinks that the border is causing the surge in COVID cases. I can tell you as a Zaders fact, that's not true. It's a fact. And Community Violence Intervention Initiative. No more community violence. Hopefully. The Commerce Committee, they get $83 billion. That's going to be used for investments in technology and transportation, research manufacturing and economic development, coastal resiliency, healthy oceans investments, including the National Oceans and Coastal Security Fund. Because a lot of oceans, like waterways, are dirty. Clean them up, Commerce Committee. For the Environment and Public Works Committee, uh uh-oh. Big fact incoming! They got $67 billion. They will be using that money for clean energy technology accelerators that will fund low-income solar and other climate-friendly technologies so that people who aren't rich can have solar panels put on their homes. That'd be nice, so everyone can use solar. Environmental justice investments in clean water affordability and access healthy ports and climate equity, EPA climate and research programs, federal investments in energy efficient buildings and green materials, investments in clean vehicles, electric vehicles, oh my gosh, methane, a methane polluter fee to reduce carbon emissions so that people who reduce, who produce methane and put it into the air get charged a fee. Fact! And... The Appalachian Regional Commission and Economic Development Administration, which would provide economic development and transition programs. Remember back in 2016 when there was a candidate for president who a lot of people didn't like, Hillary Clinton, who kept telling all the people in West Virginia, especially, but in Appalachia, that you should probably stop wanting coal to come back because it's not going to come back. We should probably transition over to clean energy jobs. 
which is what they're going to do with this bill. But apparently other people said, no, Trump takes coal, which is not good. First off, he doesn't dig coal. Second off, you shouldn't dig coal because it's a bad job and it's dirty and there's no more coal left because they dug it all. And that's why West Virginia is so poor and people are leaving. Also, in the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, they will receive $37 billion, which will include electrifying the federal vehicle fleets, including postal service trucks. So all the post office trucks can be electric vehicles. That'd be fun. Electrifying and rehabilitating federal buildings, not wasting stuff. Improving our cybersecurity infrastructure. Remember the colonial pipeline hack? Improving on that. Border management investments and federal investments in green materials procurement. A lot of things I'm saying right now are for green stuff. Clean energy. Oh no, how could it be so bad? Why would you do this to me? The Small Business Committee will receive $25 billion for small business access to credit, investment, and markets. The Indian Affairs Committee receives $20.5 billion, which will be used for native health, energy, resilience, and climate, language, and education programs and facilities, as well as Native American housing programs. The Veterans Affairs Committee gets $18 billion, which will be used for upgrading VA facilities. And the last committee is the Finance Committee, which I saved for last because it's the largest and it's going to be the most. Get ready. They get the rest, which is about $1.75 trillion. Wow. That will be used for paid family and medical leave. Out of all the developed countries in the world, the U.S. is dead last in paid family and medical leave, which is terrible. And they're trying to fix that now. An Affordable Care Act expansion extension and filling the Medicaid coverage gap, it would expand Medicare to include dental, vision, hearing benefits, and it would lower the eligibility age from 65 to 60. It would address healthcare provider shortages. It would extend the child tax credit, the earned income tax credit, and the child and dependent care tax credit. That's extensions, which apparently are going to be temporary. Long-term care for seniors and persons with disabilities, clean energy, manufacturing and transportation tax incentives, pro-worker incentives and worker support, housing incentives, and SALT cap relief. SALT is state and local tax. True that. So there you go. That's all that's in the bill. The fiscal year 2022 budget resolution, which is $3.5 trillion, and it's being added on with this infrastructure bill. So how is the bill going to get paid for? That's what people are freaking out about. Oh no, the debt's going to go up. A major way that the bill is going to be funded, apparently, is going to be a tax increase. They're going to increase my taxes? No. You. For wealthy individuals and large corporations, if you make less than $400,000 a year, which the majority of people do, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people who listen to Zader's Facts do, those people who make less than $400,000 a year will not have their taxes raised. That has been promised by the Biden administration. It has been promised by those in the Senate and the House. They're not going to raise your taxes. Oh, thank goodness. And in other potential ways that the framework says the bill can be paid for are through corporate and international tax reforms, like the administration has been trying to do with all the countries, so that there aren't any tax havens that all these con- all these corporations go to. IRS tax enforcement, so that the IRS will enforce people paying their taxes, especially among top earners, like Jeff Bezos, who paid $0 in income tax last year. And a carbon polluter import fee, so that if you pollute, you pay a fee. 
which makes sense because the Earth is disgusting, apparently now, according to this UN report that we talked about last week. And I don't know how you're still listening to this podcast if you didn't hear what I said last week, because you got to go listen to what I said last week. And while Democrats insist that the bill will be fully paid for, the Congressional Budget Office estimates it could add to the national debt. We'll see. They're kind of arguing right now about that. Republicans are all, oh, I don't know, even though they just, we just wasted $2.2 trillion on Afghanistan war, which now apparently they're not talking about how they wanted to get out of it because it's gone poorly, as it would have gone poorly with anyone. I'm just going to say that. But apparently Joe Biden's evil Satan propaganda socialist. Disrespectful! So when is the bill going to be passed? Well... As I said, the House is coming back next week, early from their recess, to deliberate the infrastructure bill. And the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, has stayed course with her plan, even with moderate opposition, and stated that both bills must be passed at the same time in the House, that the infrastructure bill will not be voted on in the House unless the budget resolution passes the Senate. And while the bipartisan infrastructure bill has already passed the Senate— This reconciliation bill has not and is not expected to pass for a little while. Hopefully, it passes sometime in the fall. They've got to work out all their kinks as soon as next month, we're hearing. But in the fall is when this is going to happen. So we'll see. And after the bill passes the Senate, hopefully it will pass through the House and onto the White House to be signed by our boy... Joe Biden, the president. And then everyone can have infrastructure all over the place, and it'll be amazing. Thanks goodness that's over. We'll see. We'll talk about that. We've got another issue on the horizon. Before we go, you thought I was done. Whoa. Hold on. Because the Treasury Secretary, who's Janet Yellen, who used to be the head of the Fed, she has warned that the federal government has already reached the borrowing limit and that the limit must be increased by October 1st to avoid the federal government defaulting on its debt. Uh-oh. Which would be a disaster. Let me tell you something. A debt limit increase was not included in this budget framework, so there would have to be a new bill that would have to be crafted in order to address the issue. And a default on the national debt would be, as I said, an absolute disaster. It would cause... The economy to go into turmoil that we have not seen since the economic crashes of 1929 and 2008. I don't want to scare you. That's blasphemy. But that might happen. You think inflation's bad now? If we don't pass an increase to the debt limit, the debt ceiling is what they call it, inflation's going to go through the roof. And it's going to be like third world country bad. It's going to be pretty bad here in the United States. That would be a disaster. The U.S. government has never defaulted on their debt. The debt's lasted a century. We haven't had a balanced budget since Bill Clinton, which got thrown out the window under the next administration because we had to pay for all the wars, which that next administration then started. Xander's facts? Xander's facts. That's just... Sorry to end on a depressing note, but there you go. That's all that's going on right now. We talked infrastructure. I promised you we were going to get into this bill, and now you know exactly what the bill is going to pay for. We had a bunch of mumble-jumble But there was a lot of big things like investing in electric vehicles, investing in federal government electric vehicles, but also an extension to that child tax credit that came out a few months ago, paid family and medical leave, 
because the U.S. is dead last in that because companies are money, 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 work, 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 work. You hate to see it. An uh, extension to the Affordable Care Act, filling the Medicaid coverage gap, expanding Medicare, which apparent Republicans are just going to argue is another way for universal health care, socialism, communism, what have you done to our country? But, you know, yeah. a lot of big stuff in this bill, which is going to be good. A lot of people won't say it will be, but a lot of people, a majority of Americans in the polls agree with the stuff that they're doing in these bills, just to let you know. So there you go. Xander's facts. That's all I've got for you. And we also talked about Afghanistan <sighs> and why you shouldn't be just saying, Joe Biden's awful. Could you believe he did all this? Because he didn't do all of it. He deserves some of the blame. But you know who also deserves some of the blame? George Bush. A lot of the blame. Barack Obama, even. Donnie Boy. First, Obama deserves some of the blame, but it's really Bush who put us in Afghanistan and then Iraq for some reason. And then Donnie Boy, who signed this deal to bring all these Taliban soldiers back. Like, we were in there for 20 years and they just gave up. Kind of ridiculous. Xander's facts. They thought that they could get everybody up by September. The Biden administration did. But the Taliban has researched, and a lot of that has been due to, as I keep saying, 5,000 Taliban prisoners, a lot of them leaders of the Taliban, who were released. A lot of them were held at Guantanamo Bay. And now they're back in Afghanistan running the country. Who were they released by? Donnie Boy. And your boy Mike Pompeo, who was Secretary of State, who met with the Taliban in Qatar, where the World Cup is next year. And Donnie Boy even invited the Taliban to Camp David in the United States. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I uh, just st stop yelling at Joe Biden. It's not all his fault. It's some of his fault, but it's not definitely all his fault. That's all I'm saying. That's all we've got for you this week. And next week, remember, I talked about it a couple weeks. Uh, last week, I said special two-part Zaders facts coming. Oh, yes. Football season is around the corner. We talked about football last week, and I watched a lot of football this weekend. Football in America is back very soon. And next week, we're going to have the first of our two-part special on football season previews. Zaders, facts, football season previews. College football is next week, August 25th. We're going to have the NFL in two weeks on September 1st. You won't want to miss it. Xander's going to make a whole bunch of predictions. It's going to make your head spin. That's what we've got next week, episode 30. Set your reminders for next week. And that's all I've got for this week. Thank you all for listening. Episode 29 of the Xander's Facts Podcast. Remember, if you like the podcast, if you liked all the facts I just spewed out of my mouth, and if you want to support the podcast, then remember, click that follow button, Download each episode of the Xander's Facts podcast, rate the podcast, review the podcast, five stars all over the place. Then go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials, follow, like, subscribe, spread love. Xander's Facts, that's Xander with the Z. And most importantly, spread the facts. Xander's Facts podcast, put it all over the place. That's all we've got for you. That is a wrap on episode 29 of the Xander's Facts podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next week.
Squish.